BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. Why are you singing like that? Because I'm so overjoyed, excited, and feeling blessed that today is Friday and I can't feel my ears. Why? Because they're being pulled back so tight in this bun. That's like not a descriptor of a bun. I thought maybe you're cold, you can't feel your ears, but we need to talk about the bun. No, I cannot feel like my scalp, like it's just like, uh, and my bun is like lopsided, but it has a lot of character and personality. I That's think it looks thing. so fabulous. Thank I think you. this is like one. I think this is the beginning of something really beautiful for you in the updo category. And I mean, I think it's, it looks, it's not my best. No, I mean, it takes time and practice. Like I'm looking at myself in the monitor and it's like kind of lopsided and I kind of look like Cindy Lou Who. But it just takes time and it's not it doesn't have to be absolutely perfect. Yeah. I mean, don't worry. It's not. Yeah. Absolutely perfect. But I really wanted to thank you for the encouragement and the the wise words. That's what I do. I encourage. Because if I can just find a way to live my life without like blowing out my hair every day, not only will it be better for my hair health, but my mental health as well. Yeah. And it's always fun to switch it up. I think it looks great. Thank you. I think it's like a fun new silhouette. I think everyone who's watching is definitely like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. And if in a week's time, I'm like so embarrassed, like we'll just delete the episode. And I just, I feel like we always need to find new ways to spice things up around here. And an updo is one of those. Maybe on Monday, I'll, I'll wear a hat again you never know that's so true because it, it could become you know quite monotonous if we don't constantly change things up if we don't constantly change things up i'm changing things up today by wearing a full-on sweatsuit like I not even, even i mean it's toast merch so i'm i'm within the confines of, of your rights of acceptability you're for within the show. your rights <laughs> i'm within my rights but like i'm just in pain today and i just had to call it you know well i was in pain until i just remembered that we secured for this episode the interview of a lifetime At the end of this episode, so after the Fast Five and our Southern Charm recap, we are so humbled to be joined by someone we have been a fan of for a very long time, the one and only Maury Povich. You are not the father. You are not. And he really, I mean, he's obviously a fantastic orator because he's the longest running TV show host in history, but it also translates into him being like a great guest and just like answering questions, providing context. He really was a fabulous guest. He was like very wise and super funny and he's going into his 23rd season and there's just so much that goes on like behind the scenes at Maury. So much that goes on. And so you're going to hear about some of that. I mean, I know people are going to be disappointed because Claudia teased on her Instagram last night that we had a very special important guest whose name starts with an M and obviously all the Mavdia stands came out thinking it was going to be Maverick. Yeah, I'm sorry, but 
you can't even be disappointed because it's so iconic that we have Maury on the it's show. It's so iconic. And like Maverick can come on another time. Anytime he wants to, he's always welcome. He has an open door policy at the Morning Toast. A lot of people also thought it was Matt James, but that, oh. would, that wouldn't be unexpected because we no. cover The Bachelor. Yeah, but we might have like hyped it up in that way. That's a good guess. Yeah, but no, it's Maury Povich. And like, if you know me, like, you know how exciting this was. When I got the email, I was like, Jackie, we have to do this. Yeah. Iconic. And he was so nice. So nice. So that's at the end of the episode. A nice little catch up with our good friend Maury. Just to get you into the weekend. And before we get into everything, I just, I would be RDH if I didn't do a little Redheads promo because yes. not only do I love to tell you about the Redheads, but. This episode is more pertinent than ever because Claudia is on the Redheads. The Redheads episode is available now. We are talking all about her book. We are going deep. We Very. are asking specific questions. We're getting clarifications. We're getting inspirations. And if you read the book and you want to follow up, the Redheads Book Club has the episode for you. TRBC. TRBC. It's everything you need. And then we also, our regular scheduled Redheads uploads next week. So it's just a great time to be a Redhead, much like any time is a great time to become a Redhead. I couldn't agree more. And now that you are a Redhead, an honorary Redhead, do you feel what I'm saying when I say, like, it's always a good time? Always. Especially because we're coming up on our one-year anniversary of wow. being Redheads. Yeah, we have some like, exciting anniversary things That's so planned. cute. I love that. Um, And it's like, it's been a year. Still a great time to become a redhead. It's been a year. And it's still a great time. It's oh, that you meant like it's been a year. Like No, no, no. I meant it's been a year of redheads. We've done 15 episodes and it's still a great time to become a redhead. Could not agree more. It's never too late. Ever. Ever. You could give a little more oomph. Ever, in your, ever. <laughs> ever, ever. In your enthusiasm for TRBC. I'm sorry. I'm just so distracted by the Fridayness of it all. Like, I never thought we would get here. I know. It's it was the a, end of my... Oh, sorry. You it know? was a doozy of a week. Uh, not for me. No, like a doozy, not in a negative way. Just oh. like it was a lot of week. It was so much week. I've never been so tired in my life. But it's all paid off because my memoir, Girl Within a Job, is out and the reviews are in and they're... Oh, my God. Wow. Kind of stellar. It was a Freudian drop. Stop. No, no, no. Because I was so, my, my mouth hit the floor, my jaw dropped, and that's why I dropped the book. When he, reading the reviews of my book, people are just finding it, some people are saying inspirational. So I just wanted to put that out there in case you're still kind of nervous, like on the fence. I'm here telling you, get off the fence. You can do it. Girlwithnojob.com slash book. And I just feel like sometimes when you read a book, like you just want to talk about it. And that's why the Redheads episode is so oh great. <laughs> Because you just get to, like, hear yeah, your yeah, best yeah. friends. I'm trying to help you, like, promote you. I'm agreeing with you. No, like, you are very defensive about the redheads. I, I'm very defensive about my passion projects that I just don't feel like I get enough enthusiasm from you. Are you kidding me? I've been sitting here for the last seven minutes. Yeah, yeah, forever, ever. That's not, that's not genuine. I'm sorry that you, maybe that's something you should work out in therapy, that you don't accept compliments. Because, like, I'm really here cheering you on and you don't think it's genuine. Maybe it's something you should work out in therapy that you think, yeah, yeah, is a compliment. It is. Yeah, yeah. Forever, yeah. ever. Forever, ever. Yes. That's complimentary. And you cannot change my mind. Okay. Well, head over to the Redheads for more of this. Pretty much. Um, so, yes, we'll be recapping Southern Charm. We'll be back on our regular scheduled Bravo recap program into next week. Like I said, this week was just a doozy because of my book. Yeah. So congratulations on a great pub week. Thank you. Your pub day vlog is available now on the Patreon. Yes, I put it up. Was that yesterday? That was yesterday. Woo. Long day. Woo, woo, woo. Very long day. Yes, I vlogged all of uh, pub day. 
we went to a couple bookstores. We uh, went to GMA. We had a lot of work to do. We tasted some Cinnabons. So the vlog is up at patreon.com slash the morning toast. You get one more episode this month. And it's going to be Jackie O and Ben. Talking about our cleanse, taking all of your cleanse questions. I'm really excited to go like find out what he thought about it. I actually like miss my cleanse days. I miss like having a purpose and like knowing what I was going to be eating or drinking for the whole day instead of just like flying by the seat of my pants and just eating chips all day. You have a purpose. What's my purpose? Host the morning toast. That's true, but then like the day's over. Right. No, I just meant purpose in terms of like my health and wellness. Right now I just am like free falling. Free falling. Because I'm free. Free falling. That was pretty. Thank you, Claudia. Yes, get into it. Thanks, Claudia. I put my heart into it. Thank you, honey. That's beautiful. No, when you think when you said I know. Thanks, Amanda. It came yeah, from yeah. my heart. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. It came from my heart. I haven't watched my comedy special in so long. I'm starting to like malfunction. I need to remember just <laughs> Me like. Me too. I'm like, yeah. it came from <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> so just go to, so we can properly quote it. Maybe we'll watch it this weekend. Oh, for sure. Um, but before that. Before that, we need to get into the fast five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. Because most like, unlike most of the other days this week, you actually do need to know these stories. Like there's... Oh, really? It's storyful. Thank God. Um, and the storyful stories are brought to you by stamps.com, which is so fabulous. I literally used it every day this week to print labels right from our studio so I could send out copies of my book to people who would hopefully post it on Instagram because I'm thirsty as a bitch. Let's face it, taking trips to the post office is probably not how you want to spend your time. That's why we recommend mailing and shipping online at Stamps.com. They always allow you to mail and ship anytime, anywhere, right from your computer. Send letters, packages, and pay a lot less with discounted rates from USPS, UPS, and more. With Stamps.com, they've saved businesses thousands of hours and tons of money because you get the services of the post office and UPS all in one place, plus a big discounts on mailing and shipping rates. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. It's that simple. Because with Stamps.com, you get 40% off post office rates and up to 62% off UPS shipping rates. Not to mention, Stamps.com is a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters. It's a no-brainer because Stamps.com saves you time and money. It's no wonder nearly a million small businesses already use Stamps.com. Stop wasting time to go to the post... and. Stop wasting your time going to the post office and go to stamps.com instead. There is no risk. And with our promo code TOAST, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. There's no long-term commitment or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in TOAST. That's stamps.com promo code TOAST. Never go to the post office again. Love it. Okay, first story. I'm going to sing a song. I want you to guess the story. Okay. Just stop your crying, it's a sign Kardashian of the Kardashian trailer, season 20. Trailer drops for final season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. And, and it, they use it, an iconic Harry Styles song. And they use an iconic Harry Styles song, and it is a tearjerker. So, I mean, it's also, like, a little dramatic, considering, like, there will be a season yeah. one of a new season, and we're still going to see them. But it's sad because they're saying goodbye to the cast and crew that they've worked with. Who for, they're very connected to. They're very connected to. So it's like, they're saying goodbye to the people who made the show what it is. And they're not saying goodbye to the audience. No, they're saying goodbye. Goodbye to their cast and crew and good morning to, to the millennials. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Literally. <laughs> um, so the trailer dropped. Honestly, it looks so good and very emotional. emotional. Um, but again, just dramatic considering they're coming back via Hulu. But like Kim's crying. Yeah. I mean, them like playing with us like Scott and Courtney are taking a nap together. Like those two. It's like I've 
we've let the dream die. Like, yeah. the Courtney and Scott fans, like, we don't exist anymore. No, and at this point, if they got back together, I would be upset. After like, all I, they went through. I like, want so much different for both of them. Like, yeah. Courtney and Travis Barker. Yeah, I like them a lot. Love to see it. Scott, right now, I'm, I'm, he's in the doghouse. It with the just, Amelia with Hamlin I'm not even going to talk about the new relationship. It's so inappropriate. It's so inappropriate. So I would like to see something else for him. Something healthier. But I s- ship them separately. I have two ships for yeah, one no. for each of them. And I ship them on a strictly platonic co-parenting boat. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So the season premieres um, twenty twenty uh, in March 18th, sorry, of 2021. Oh, that's like and, sooner than I expected. Like, yeah, it's, on the, it's in the near future, but it's still kind of far away. Yeah. But they love to do that to us. I'm surprised it wasn't for June. Yeah, know? yeah. No, I agree. Like, when they drop the trailer, I'm like, okay, it'll be at, by the end of the year. I can't wait to see the, the show. Yeah. But it's not that far away. Um, I'm, like, excited to see it, obviously, but I don't really even want it to come because knowing that we still have one more season like brings me solace even though again they are doing another show with Hulu who knows what that format's gonna be I have no idea yeah so it's it's the unknown and this show has been so good to us and it's really just been a huge part of our lives so it will be bittersweet to watch yeah it's been a huge I mean everyone remembers where they were when they first started watching like we I think we both really pride ourselves on like having watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians organically from season one and by season three like they were so famous and like they were like ours because like we just love them like they were sisters and then like everyone started to love them but like we love them first yeah I think everyone feels that way yeah, but I also feel like I've loved them forever, except there was, like, one time when I was just, like, really not feeling them, and it was after the Chris Humphreys, and I just Everyone. I could not reconcile my feelings, and I just felt really bad for him. Um, I think everyone went through a phase during that time where they were, like... Of confusion. Like, they, not knowing what's real, what, like... It, it turned out that, like, a lot of the footage that they filmed of Keeping Up With The Kardashians, of Kim, like, expressing some of her doubts, was filmed afterwards. Yeah. Like, it felt like we got duped. And I think a lot of people felt offensive of Chris Humphreys because even though on the show they made him look terrible, like, what they ended up doing to that man was, like, disgraceful. Yeah. So that was just, like, a hard time. But we, we came out of it. And we came through it. And I feel okay about it. I, mean, I still feel like Kim and Chris, like, maybe could have made it work. Me too. But I do If think- they weren't living in an apartment with Courtney and Scott. I do think, though, that, like, that period where a lot of the world kind of was done with them benefited them greatly. Like, I think that they needed that sort of reset, and they needed to get back to, like, their roots of being real. Like, they got so caught up in this, like, fabulous TV show that everyone loved, and they wanted to make it so good that they literally started scripting it. And it was so disappointing, and I think that a lot of people expressing their disappointment reset them completely, and they went back to, like, their roots of really organic filming and not taking you know all of this for granted so of course you know that's honestly one of the morals of the stories in my book it's like everything really happens for a reason yeah but justice for chris humphreys yes of course okay next story i don't know if you read this article but katherine heigl is coming out of the woodwork she's got a new show on netflix and she sat down with the washington post for an in-depth interview she's needed one of those mentioning it all oh wow she has needed one of those for a while yes as we know, Katherine Heigl was our rom-com queen for so many years. Then it, like, came out that she was, quote, difficult to work with. She had said some things that upset some people. And, and then, then the whole Emmys thing. The Emmys thing where, okay, so she won an Emmy for her character on Grey's Anatomy. And then the following year, she didn't go to the award show. She said, quote, I did not feel that I was given the material this season to warrant an Emmy nomination. And in an effort to maintain the integrity of the Academy organization, I withdrew my name from contention. That's an insane fucking 
narcissist like that's just the craziest thing to say and such a slap in the face to like Shonda Rhimes and the writers of Grey's Anatomy yeah so after that like no one she was done she was done I think like people didn't want to work with her and I guess audiences sort of turned on her because some of her movies didn't really perform well but it's really crazy now if you read this Washington Post article it's like the things that she said then like it was just a few things that made her quote difficult like if that happened today, she would be probably celebrated for standing yeah. up for herself. She also said that the movie Knocked Up was like a little, um, I, I don't know the exact word, a little sexist, something like that, which is like. That's a fair assessment. A cri- you could be critical of art. Yeah. So I no, think to a lot me, of people took it as she was ungrateful for her celebrity. I didn't think that. But to me, the the Emmys thing was like the one thing that she did that was like so nuts and like so rude to like all the people who work so hard and like so celebrity like I withdrew my name from contention like that's just so obnoxious put me in coach kind of hysterical I don't even remember that part happening I just remember like she just got this reputation for being a diva hard to work with and ungrateful for the opportunity for like the roles that she had had no I know about all this now but when I experienced it she was on my she was in the movie theaters every weekend like with a new movie new movie new movie and then poof she was gone like yeah that's how I recall it and then she resurfaced when I just started to do a little research I'm like whatever happened to Katherine Heigl and she like lived this fabulous life she got married to the lead singer from Lady Antebellum's brother yes who came on the morning breath and was so lovely he's a musician himself his name is Josh Kelly and he's also quoted in the article talking about his Katie uh, oh, that's cute. Oh my god! The and then they of, moved to Utah, like the, the best life ever. End of the article is hysterical because it was like I guess everyone calls her Katie. We call her Catherine. And the interviewer was like, "Now that you know you're moving forward, do you want people to call you Katie or Catherine?" Like Anne Hathaway, you know, wants to be called Annie. And she was like, "You can call me anything. Just don't call me difficult." That's funny. <laughs> yeah, actually, I would read this article. That's very interesting. It's really, really good. So she talks about like sort of also the mental health journey that she went on, like and a lot of the anxiety that she lived with after all of this had happened and the things that she um, like going to therapy and things that she did to sort of overcome it but now she is in a new show on Netflix called um it's based on a book by Kristen Hanna Firefly Lane and it's about like friendship between two women she plays a tv show host Cute. and it's like over the course of 20 years and Kristen Hanna is a great author and she wrote Nightingale which is a great book and so um I feel like this has a like no. I'm all here the, for all it. the makings of a great show. I am here for the comeback of Katherine Heigl. I've always been interested by her. I love her marriage. I love the fact that she lives in Utah, and I will be her champion. I will watch her show. I'm here for it. Her- also, our King James Marsden is also quoted in the article where he talks oh. about because they're good I friends. You say he's in the, the TV show. No, no, no. They're good friends, and he just is always like she's always been so opinionated and so. Um, and like ambitious and driven and like to him hearing her say those things it wasn't it wasn't crazy to him no and it also like but not in a negative way just like the way it came off to everybody who didn't know her yeah sounded so much worse well, of, of course and by the way it's worth mentioning that if Katherine Heigl was a man nobody would have thought she was difficult they would be like good for him for having artistic integrity right right so the whole thing the whole arc of her career is really interesting and I'm glad to see her coming back to the screen. How did you, what movie was James Marsden in with? 27 Dresses. Oh, right, right. Yes. And that's actually like probably one of my least favorite Katherine Heigl no. movies. Yeah. Oh my God. It's Life one of as my, we know it. So good. It's one of my favorite Katherine Heigl movies. It's so good. And who's the girl in Win a Date with Chad Hamilton? Is that Katherine Heigl? No. It's like a random girl, right? She never like became. Yeah. 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 Um, Such a good movie. 
And now I'm looking at her. Yeah, let's go through. She did that terrible one with Gerard Butler. That was the beginning of the, the end. ugly truth. The beginning no, of the end. I think that end. one did okay. I think that's a good one. And that wasn't my favorite one. No, I think one for the money was the beginning of the end. Oh, that's yeah. what they said. Um, what else? She that, was just like a cash cow. Like, oh, she was in New Year's Eve. Oh, I'm sorry. Like we just put so much disrespect on her name. Her number one movie of all time, Wish Upon a Star. Oh, from Disney Channel? Yes. Yeah, was it Jessica Biel in that too? No. Oh. But that is the best movie ever. I concur. You are. You woke up today and you could speak any language and you decided to speak facts. <laughs> and I commend you for that because it's a really brave thing to do. To it just is. own your truth. <laughs> and you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, what other movies? This movie, Unforgettable, which I think was sort of a not great a flop. one. Life as we know it, obviously. Killers, Knocked Up. Big Wedding, Home Sweet Hell. She's been in a lot of movies. She's been acting since she was a teen. Was she in a thriller? I think that's unforgettable. Okay, I have to tell you a story about that movie. So back before I was a disgraced queen, I did a partnership with the movie studio for that movie. And it was actually really cool because I got to go to an advanced screening. And you would never know, but like these huge movie studios that have offices in New York, they have these like sick theaters in these high-rise buildings that are, like, so glamorous. They look like, like, uh, what was the show we were just watching? Um, oh, my God. I keep, think, I keep thinking I watched the movie Evelyn Hugo because it's just, like, in my brain. Mm. But you know those old movies where, like, the movie execs in the 50s are, like, smoking cigars in these, like, sexy theaters? Yes, yes. That's, like, where I was, and it was so cool. And this... Oh, you know what that reminds me of? The show Hollywood. Yes, that too. So I went to one of those fabulous places to get an early screening of this movie, Unforgettable, which was, like, meant to be, like, a thriller... And I was in this theater with all these critics, like legit critics who were like reviewing the movie for their publications. And people were like hysterical laughing. And it wasn't a comedy. It was like so <laughs> cringily bad. And I think that was her first attempt at a comeback because that was like maybe four years ago. Mm -hmm. And now I think this Netflix film and this Washington Post article are better. I wonder why she chose the Washington Post. Like she could have gone anywhere. Yeah. And like print is not like, I always feel like when people are on a redemption tour, like they should go on long format, like Howard Stern, you know, somewhere they, they can explain themselves. Well, I think this, this was good. This worked out. I don't know what her reasoning for it was, but it's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Are you ready for our next story? Yeah. Army Hammer's estranged wife, Elizabeth Chambers, breaks silence, which is really an overstatement. On the she ongoing, left an Instagram comment. She left an Instagram comment on an ongoing controversy. But this story is really interesting yeah. because it was on a post that, um, sorry, on a post talking about how Timothy Chalamet and the director of Call Me By Your Name are working together on a project about cannibalism. Which is just so weird. And like, was it, were they working on it, you know, a month ago? I don't know. I'm sure that they were. You know, it's like when it rains, it pours. But I just feel like given everything that's happened, maybe they should stop the work on the project. No, I think that's definitely something worth pursuing. You know, the stopping of the project. Right. So it's a, uh, the story follows a woman who's on a cross-country trip as she searches for the father she's never met in an attempt to understand why she has the urge to kill and eat the people that love her. Like, I'm not a movie critic or a film buff by any means, but I just don't think that this is a movie that needs to be made. It's not a, it's not a story worth telling. <laughs> no. And so Elizabeth Chambers commented on just Jared's post about that, saying no words. And I, that's her, quote, breaking her silence on the situation. The Washington Post needs to do an article interview with Elizabeth Chambers. Like, I need to know what she knows. Yeah. There's so much mystery in this army hammer story and there's so much weirdness and i just want to know like elizabeth chambers was married to him four years like i need to know 
what she knows. Yeah, I'm sure she knows a lot. She is a mouthful. Yeah. If you want to come on the Toast Elizabeth Chambers, we would glad you, gladly have you. Yeah. So I just think we should rethink that movie if we're just, if we're Yeah, talking. No, I think that's probably like the wise business decision. Yeah. Are you ready for our next story? A little happy couple news. Is it the happy couple news that HCN brought to you by Beachbody? That's exactly what it is. Because when you see these two together, you're going to want a Beachbody. Fabulous. It's a new year and our resolution is to get better in better shape. We like to work out, but we just feel like nothing ever actually delivers results. Beachbody On Demand offers offers over 1,500 at-home workouts plus nutrition plans. So no matter what your goals are, they have a program that will help you build and keep healthy habits. And Beachbody has a history of success. This is the company behind P90X, Insanity, and 21 Day Fix. Now check out some of Beachbody's newest programs like Muscle Burns Fat and 80 Day Obsession. You can get motivated by their super trainers like Tony Horton, Joel Freeman, and Autumn Calabrese. Their Beachbody is ideal for all fitness levels, including bodybuilding, weight training, cardio, yoga, and dance workouts. They even have workout calendars and progress trackers. They've trained millions of people on how to lose weight, burn calories, and get totally ripped. You can do workouts just as short as 10 minutes, and it doesn't require any extra equipment. Because if you live in a small New York City apartment like ourselves, extra equipment is just not something, you know, we have the... It's not of our vocabulary. (laughs) Right. Um, And you can access it anywhere, anytime. You can view all the workouts on your computer, smart TV, tablet, smartphone, Roku, Apple TV, Chromecast, and more. So you have absolutely no excuse for not getting your workouts in. And it's the best deal in fitness because listeners of The Morning Toast can try it absolutely free in quarantine i know jackie's been really living for the beach body on demand um and now that you have your uh, new apartment like your second bedroom's really turning into like a little home i mean a little home home gym gym. it's a home gym slash office and you use the apple tv right is it easy to yes it's so easy to sync up so 2020 is now behind us and the new year means it's time to get in shape to get a special free trial no obligation membership text toast to 30 30 30 you'll get full access to the entire platform all the workouts nutritional information and support absolutely free just text toast to 30 30 30 love it okay new happy couple news ex-bachelor nick vial and natalie joy are instagram official i feel like nick vial is like the world's most was the world's like most eligible bachelor and now it seems as though he's off the market nick vile appeared to confirm his relationship status on wednesday by posting a video with rumored girlfriend natalie joy the former bachelor star reposted a clip from her to his instagram story which showed him playing a virtual reality game and looking cozy with his gal pal yeah i mean if you're like an internet sleuth like we knew this a while ago yeah but the story is that like they are they've gone public they're confirming that they are in a relationship. And I think that's really sweet. I, I, I want love and um, Happiness. forever for Nick Vile. And so I support his relationship. I agree with you that over the last like a couple of years, Nick Vile has become like one of the most eligible bachelors. Not only is he like art, like just you can't argue like he's very handsome. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very, his podcast is super successful. He's has a woke mind and he respects women. He's very intellectual. Yeah, that's the word. Thank you. Very intellectual. And I was actually thinking about this the other day. I think the arc of Nick Vile is not spoken about enough. Like, no, it's a, a lot beautiful of, thing to behold. A lot of people forget, like, how hated he was. Yeah. People said he was misogynist for calling out Andy Dorfman on Men Tell All, saying, why did you have sex with me? Oh, sorry. Why did you make love to me? And he was like, 
a villain. Yeah, and then Twice. when he went on Caitlyn's season, he was the villain again because, like, he was threatening her love with Sean. And he really, like, came so far from that to then being The Bachelor to now being, like, such a respected former reality TV star. And we absolutely love to see it. Yeah, I want to know the PR strategy behind it because I could use some of that good, pre- like, PR. It's pretty genius. Like, and I don't think it was, like, a strategy. I think, I think it happened. it's, like, truly organic. I Me think, too. like, the the evolution of his brand like closely followed just the evolution of himself. Yeah, which is all you can hope for. Right. Because it's so genuine. So genuine. Love that for him. So for him to be at like this love stop on the tour, I'd love to see it. Beautiful. He just bought a house, like living the life. Happy for him. Living the life. So happy for them. Our fifth and final story is a little biz news. Is it the stocks? It's the stocks. It's actually some big fucking biz news, you guys. Like, the biz world is a calamity. And ever since yesterday, I have educated myself. I have educated myself, and I feel as though I'm I, angry. I can do a decent job of explaining the situation for people who, like, need it in layman's terms. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, and I think we got... What we said yesterday, we were, we were correct, but we... We hadn't gotten to the second half of the story, which is the corruption. The corruption of it all. The corruption. The Citadel of it all. The Robin Hood. Citadel owns Robin Hood. That was the big exposure. The craziness. Okay. They're protect. Robin Hood claims to be for the average trader. To democratize the stock market. Yeah, like you don't have to work on Wall Street. Like this is the platform for everyone. And here they are yesterday. I literally opened the app in the morning. Couldn't trade. Couldn't do anything. I've been on there for a while. I have, like, not that much money. But still. They decided to protect big Wall Street guys. Help them cut their losses because they got exposed on Reddit. And now the everyday trader who they claim to be for isn't... Screwed. Screwed. Thank you. So it's just not fair. They just changed the rules. The rules have been changed when it's in, in the middle, like it's in just, the middle of a monumental moment for the little guy. For the little guy, and like the stock market. I don't. I'll never claim to understand the stock market. I took econ, and it was literally like the least sense ever was made in the entire class. But what I do know is that there are rules. And the rules cannot be broken. And the rules well, they can, can be. Well, right, usually. As of yesterday, the rules, the rules can officially be broken. Can greatly benefit you or be your downfall. But the rules have always stayed the same until yesterday. Right. Okay. That so, some days, like, we just decided that we don't want to trade today. Like, so here's what happened, like, with the Redditors and everything. So GameStop, which is a very sort of archaic. It's not a good stock. Yeah, it wasn't a good stock, and a a hedge fund realized that they were probably not going to do well, so they bet against GameStop. It's called shorting it. It's called shorting it, but in, like, if you're betting, it's like betting that someone's going to lose, you know? Right, and these hedge funds have so much data, and yesterday it was actually really, it was found out that not only does Robinhood is owned by, like, major or whatever, they also sell your data to hedge funds, so they're really like supporting the big guys on really, Wall Street. Really, really sick. But up until yesterday, like Robinhood, we used to do ads for them on the show. So it's like. That's how I if, found out about it. Right. So like if you are just a person and you want to buy and sell some stocks, Robinhood is the app for you. If you're making trades without going through a broker, or if you're not part of a hedge fund, like you just use an Who app like. Who the fuck has a broker? You just use an app like, hedge, yeah. like Robinhood. Yeah. And Robinhood is named after robin hood who would steal from the rich and to give, give to, to the, the poor. poor and yesterday the they irony. did the exact opposite the okay. irony is just so 
bunch of people on a subreddit channel, Wall Street Bets. And it's like a popular Reddit. Before all this, they had like 2 million subscribers. Now they have literally like 8 million because they accurately predicted a short. Right. So they saw that this hedge fund took this position betting against GameStop. For like billions of dollars. Billions of dollars. So they said, let's all get together, buy up GameStop stock to... Go up. To go up to sort of expose the hedge fund and not expose them like in the way that we talk about celebrities, but like expose their weakness, like their money, like they would. Right. No. So like basically the the hedge fund put so much money into GameStop betting that it will lose. So all these people on Reddit were like, if we all buy it, the stock will go up and the Wall Street guys will literally have made an incorrect analysis and will lose Billions of dollars. Right. And that's what started to happen yesterday. The GameStop stock went up over 400%. They did it with Nokia and AMC theaters. Yes. And the hedge fund that had waged this short bet was losing billions of dollars more than they even have in their fund. Just love to see it. So another fund, Citadel, wound up covering their... Oh, interesting. Yeah, giving them the money so that they didn't go belly up. Okay. And that's where Citadel's involvement comes in. Oh, that's in. interesting. Did I make up the Citadel owns? Ben told me that I Citadel hadn't heard owns that. Robin Hood. I, but I also haven't been online this morning. No, Ben told me that yesterday. So GameStop's up 400%. The hedge funds are losing billions of dollars. The little people on Reddit who came together to buy the stock are making a lot of money, like doubling, tripling, quadrupling their initial investment. And then Robinhood yesterday decided that you they stopped any trading of these stocks. So if you could not buy more GameStop, if you owned the stock, you could only sell it in an effort to sort of um, balance, ba- like tip the scales back and it cover these big hedge funds that were losing billions yeah. of dollars. The real moral of the story here is a bunch of people on Reddit outsmarted Wall Street. And you just love to see it. And Wall Street... They beat them at their own game fair and square. But they didn't incur the losses that they should have. And that's not fair. No, that's not fair. The fact that Robinhood changed the rules is protecting... Like, there's going to be major class action lawsuits. Like, people should be going to jail for this. I could... By the way, I could be... I oh, I bought AMC stock. And yesterday, they would not let me sell or buy more. Like, it I'm is involved in the so, lawsuit on Robinhood. And I would like my money. It is so crazy what they did in terms of not letting people buy more GameStop in order to protect these billion dollar companies if we don't have from f- people who are like the little people. If we don't have a free market, we don't have anything. You guys, it's so corrupt. The corruption, corruption runs so deep. And like I'm living for like everyone on all spec like people who are on both sides of the political aisle, people who have different opinions on everything like everyone is agreeing how fucked up this is it's like a great moment of unity for us no but it's also like a scary moment of oh yeah freedoms being clamped down no i mean i couldn't agree with you more my freedoms definitely feel like they're being clamped you you look like they're being clamped that's why my hair is up so as of today robin hood is like allowing some trading of GameStop, but but people are gonna go to jail damage is done like so corrupt so illegal so unfair and i just it was cra- it was really crazy to, and to to watch unfold. I bought Doge. What's Doge? I don't know. Everyone's talking about it, so I bought it. Ben told me to do it. So, oh, you know, what? let me check right now because it's a crypto and it was like super low. I don't fuck with the stock market. I'm like starting to, and now, and I, I, now I have a good reason. Not and to. now I'm starting to regret it. But so okay, Doge is a crypto, so it's like really really small. Crypto is interesting. Okay, 
I made $25 and I bought it this morning. Mm-hmm. Like, that's pretty good. So it's 0.05 cents. And people are saying it's going to go to like $20 or something, which oh. would be crazy. Ooh. Yeah, but what if we, oh my God, you guys, what if we get the toasters together to go yes. against a short that yes, hedge yes, fund yes. has hedged their bet? Hedge it up. And the power of the toasters. And then everyone will be like, the toasters beat Wall Street. Hedge it up. So yeah, Doja Cat is where it's at. Oh my God, if we could save one stock, what would it be? Like, which stock would we choose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, one come Like, because also, what's so upset, like, so morally corrupt about this is that they are betting that GameStop would fail, which is a brick-and-mortar store that's obviously not doing well because of the pandemic. And, like, Wall Street is going to, would have made billions of dollars mm-hmm. off of the, fa- like, the very sad failure. That's really true. Of a store that's been around for a long time. I forgot about that. Ben has, like, a really sentimental, I've never set foot in a GameStop in my entire life. But I, a lot of young um people have memories of like going to GameStop and Ben like like cries every time he talks about GameStop because it was like it's childhood well he should be happy today yeah GameStop's fortune 500 oh <laughs> that was the best part <laughs> that like meme. that meme of like GameStop which was like a shitty stock forever is like now at a valuation that like Apple is at because so many people were buying it so like they're sitting at a table with like a bunch of like le- legitimate serious ass companies that they never would have been at it was yeah. honestly a, a a heroic ending until it wasn't. Yeah, and I look forward to the movie that's made about this so that we can really understand it, but it also can't get made until um, it's until proper actions and punishments are taken. Yeah. What could um, it be called, the movie? Okay, wait, let me think. Maybe it will be called, like, Wall Street Bets, which is, like, the name of the subreddit. That could be good. Oh, yeah, that is Or, a- um... I gotta get on that subreddit. Robin Hood. I don't know. Let's think on it. Yeah. Um, so let's dive into our TV recap. It could be called The Big Short. <laughs> that, That's such a good movie. What about The Little Short? Yeah. Or like. Um, I didn't like that movie. Oh, it's so good. I didn't like it. It's Because that's a really hard thing to understand. I mean, it's similar yes. to stocks, but it's also about like the housing market and the bubble. And even though the movie is so good and it explains so much, I don't like, I still don't fully understand it. Right. But I understand more than I ever would have if right. they didn't make a movie about it. Um, TV recap. TV, right, I forgot about that. First part of the Southern Charm reunion. I just want to say my theory was correct. The reunion is so amazing. And I th- really think that the worse a season in the, is, the better a reunion is because there's more things to unpack. I mean, everyone just came out fucking like on fire. Like, Craig, oh my God, chill the fuck out. No, but like, Craig is my king. And watching the reunion last night, it's hard because I, I really like Madison and like watching people that I like argue it hurts. Right. You know, and it, it really hurts. It is painful to watch because there's so clearly a double standard in this group. Like, mm-hmm. the way they talk about Madison, like, calling her, like, whore. Like, it's disgusting when all of them are are vile. Like, they yeah. all fuck a million girls all the time. Celebrities, non-celebrities. So when Madison is strategic with her XMLB player, like, she's a slut. But when everyone else does it, it's totally fine. Like, there's such a clear double standard that it's actually really frustrating to watch. It is, but it does start feel like it's starting to be called out. A, a little. little. Bit, a little bit. But what I was going to say was, Craig, like... Even though I, I really like Madison, Craig has been on the show. Now it's just him and Chep who have been on since season one. And like really, if you and rewatch. Catherine. Oh, and Catherine, sorry. If you rewatch everything, Craig is. Right about everything. He really is always like taking the right side. So 
And, and I hate to like use that as a template to be like, so I'm always going to agree with Craig. Right. But I just sometimes when I'm like unclear, I'm like, well, Craig usually has an eye for these things. Yeah. I think a lot of interesting things came out of this reunion. So many. Of course, the ex-MLB player, which a lot of people online are saying is A-Rod. But Allegedly. he's not married. No. But okay. So there's a bunch of things. There's a bunch of things. I think that they sort of, they were talking about like married men. And I think that they allowed the audio to sound like they're talking about a married MLB player because it lessens like their exposure on, to a rod to a rod and like i do think that they are worried because like now that the southern charm is being so close like all of these bravo instagram accounts it's like they keep saying it's a rod it's a rod it's a rod and like this is going to get to j-lo and i don't think andy wants to deal with that no but it's really so crazy but also crazy. like i was watching all of these stories from um some of these Bravo Instagram accounts of like, so people are saying that it's A-Rod. He had like some of her photos. It looks like they were in New York City at the same time. Hmm. And then so so many other people are coming out with like stories about, you know, their friend hooking up with A-Rod or mm. A-Rod hitting on their friend. And it's like, even if one of these things is true, like the nerve he has. The nerve and the gall. Like, how dare you? How dare you? And it's like, what's so crazy, I was thinking about it as I went to sleep last night, is like, Jennifer Lopez is like, the most perfect human on the face of the earth. Like, so stunning, so beautiful, so talented. Like, everything of the sort. And it's like... Even she. She, like... Excuse me, Beyonce. Right, right. That, I mean, if, if there's ever a template for like, how literally, like, no one is above getting cheated on, like, Beyonce. No, but it's like, it's not even like he's... I mean, he is cheating on her, but it's, like, the disrespect that, like... No, yeah. But Nobody, like, like, yeah. That's the thing. No, like, if Beyonce and J-Lo get cheated on, like, women will never get respect. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yes, no, it's so valid. I think about that thing with Beyonce all the time, because, like, she's the most beautiful woman on the planet, and I think many people would argue the most talented person all around in multiple categories. Mm -hmm. Stunning, beautiful, smart, like, everything of a sort, and she got cheated on, like... There's no hope for the rest of us. No, it's like, and she can't even get respect in her house. In her marriage, yeah. No, it's yeah. disgusting. It made me, like, really mad reading all that stuff. It's like, what is J-Lo doing? Yeah. No, it's shocking. And, I mean, what is he doing? Yeah, no, what is he doing? What is he doing? But it's like, I just, I, I don't understand. So that was one interesting that came out, that uh, interesting thing that but came out of the reunion. alleged. Yes. Another very, very interesting thing was that Craig's girlfriend not only hooked up with Austin, but was on Love Connection and is being kind of portrayed as this TV star fucker thirst monster. Thirst monster. Yes. I mean, it's a hard spot to be in because like, I, even watching her on the show, she seems so cute and sweet and like, sort of like these things are coincidences. Maybe. I know. And the thing about Austin, like I could have lived with, but to find out she was on Love Connection is um, really strange. And I, I feel like Shep, like not like really liking this girl, but not knowing how to reconcile that. Yeah. A hundred percent. We don't even know her well enough to like really get a sense of like, if it's a coincidence, if it's strategic, but I agreed like it's, it's a lot to take in. It's a lot to take in and it's like extra weird that it was this show Love Connection which With like Andy. no one ever watched and is And was hosted by Andy. And was hosted by Andy. No, but like if she had been someone who had been on The Bachelor, like it would have be different. 100%. Do you know what I mean? 100%. Okay. Um, another thing that I it's noticed. It's like she couldn't get on The Bachelor. So she right. went on Love Connection. She went on the next best thing. Yeah. Another thing I noticed about the reunion that I really have been coming to this conclusion over the last few weeks is that like. Southern Charm and the editors like really did Leva, sorry, Leva so dirty. Like 
because I was just enjoying her so much last night. And I'm like, oh, that's because she's not talking about Catherine. And it's like they just pieced together this entire season every moment where she was talking about Catherine and exclusively used that footage. So even though she's right in what she's saying about Catherine, it's like, Leva, like, get a life. Even though she has a life. Like, she's a kid and multiple restaurants. Yeah. And we saw none of that. Yeah. So just when I saw her on Watch What Happens Live and now at the reunion, like, talking about other things other than Catherine, it's like, this girl is fabulous. And I'm just like, I'm wishing we saw more of that. I know. It really is not cool what they did. But also, I was loving the conversation. Because I mentioned on the show that her son, they call him Little. And I, I just think that's such a cute name. Me too. And so getting the explanation that he's actually like Lamar the Third, but usually that's called Trip, which I didn't know that either. Didn't know that either. And now it's like, oh, and I think maybe I, I had heard it once, but I never thought enough about it. Because now it's like... Th- Triple. triple trip. Yeah. Makes total sense. It's so cute. It's so cute, but then, like, the fact that he was like, I'm big Lamar, and you're little Lamar, and now he's called little, like, th- like as just someone who loves, loves like, nicknames. nicknames, like, that just means, meant, that just touched my heart. It was a beautiful origin story. <laughs> it really, really was. No, I completely agreed with you. I think it's the cutest nickname ever. I think it's the cutest nickname. And so. I never would have guessed that her kid's name was Alfred. No, no, me neither. And that, like, Trip is the third. Yeah. I loved it. I wonder if there are some people who don't know that, like, that's what that is, so they name their kid Trip. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. They're like, well, what is Trip short for in their minds, you know? I don't know. Triple sack? <laughs> like, you know? No, but yeah. I, when, when she said that, I was like, oh, my God. That's like when I learned that people from Mars are called Martians, like something that I should have known my whole life but didn't. Yeah. Or that rascal wasn't a name. Right, right. But it could be. It could be. Um, Another big conversation that was had was kind of the evolution of Shep. Yes. And I thought it was incredibly genuine. Like I'm, I'm always a champion of people like bettering themselves, growing, learning every day. And I just loved that conversation. I think he had like a true self-awareness that he's never had before. Yeah. And you can really see the growth, you know? So I think that's like where we land on like when people mess up, it's like, yes, you need to apologize. And, but you also need time and space to grow and, and change and I feel like that's what Shep has done. Yeah. You know, because like the way that he reacts to things, like the way that he lives his life now, like he's different than he was a year ago. Yeah. And that's like, that's growth. When I heard that he had, you know, had an indiscretion with a woman, um, I was like really mad at him. I was, I was upset too, but I, th- I just thought it was going to be worse. Yeah, because it know? was a kiss. But still, like, and that's just so, like, the Southern Charm double standard. And I'm so glad Leva pointed it out. Like, yes. the romanticizing yes. of cheating and the glorification of it. Like, if Madison did that, like, oh, my God. It's just so hypocritical. Yeah. And even though, like, sometimes Madison says and does things that are so indefensible, like, at the end of the day, you cannot deny the, inc- like, the just hypocrisy in this cast. Like, it's so crazy and it's so fucked up. Yeah. Um, another thing I want to talk about, two things. One, like, forgot Danny Baird was there pretty much the entire time. She spoke, and I'm like, who is that? I'm like, why is she crying? <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing, which I found to be probably the most interesting conversation, was the Cameron Eubanks of it all. Yes, and there's one other interesting conversation um, about Miss Patricia that oh, I want yes. to talk about. But yes, let's talk about Cameron. So I had no, I knew that it was always a mystery to us, like why she left, but I didn't know it was a mystery to everyone else. Like that she, nobody knows the reason. And this is like the first time on a show where they're actively talking about like someone who chose not to be on. And like, also like, is she coming back next season? I feel like Cameron, if she watches season is so glad not to be a part of it. There's nothing on this season for her. But so for the people who are friends with her to say like, she's upset she didn't do it. Like I never would have gotten that vibe. And I mean, I get really heated 
and I, I fully take Catherine's side when it comes to like those rumors. Because first of all, it's worth mentioning, I heard those rumors like on Instagram, on blogs, like years ago. Yeah. They've always been circulating and everything in Catherine's life has been put on blast. Like not by herself, but like her stuff with Thomas, her stuff with the kids, custody, drugs, like everyone has put every facet of Catherine's life on blast. And she more than anyone has bled out so hard for the success of this show. And Cameron has kind of been the one like leading the charge. Even when they flash back to those old clips, when Kat, um, no, it was about the pillows. When Cam was laughing about like someone saying Craig is going to retire on pillows. Like it's just so mean. She was really kind of mean. Yes, I agree. And for a while, like she was made to feel like the moral compass of the show. Mm -hmm. And now like now knowing all we know, it's actually like so fucked up. Everything Cameron did to like, a f a, her fellow female castmate who's like also a mom like she should have related to her more on that level and I do know in her last seasons like she did try and make amends but like it was honestly so little so late and it was not nearly enough and I'm with Catherine like I'm mad like you have shit too like let's fucking talk about it yeah and my also, shit's been like, spoken about in the same way that the people sit on the stage and call Madison a homewrecker because they say she slept with married men in Charleston which is like a rumor even if they know it to they think to be true like they're just spewing some shit out mm -hmm. that we haven't seen on the show it's so the that's same, what we're doing to so Catherine that's what Catherine was doing. Also, I felt when I was watching those former Cameron scenes with Catherine, it's like Cameron owed Catherine this big apology. Like, I'm sorry for everything. everything. And she gave that to her. I feel like we saw it at, at the last reunion. reunion. She was like really moved and understood that like she was really on the wrong side of history. And so like, this is what I'm saying about Chip. That's one thing. Like she apologized and she meant it. But then I would have loved to see seasons of Cameron supporting Redemption. Catherine. Cameron supporting Catherine. You know, she just bounced. Yeah. And I like, honestly, like, I, I, I don't respect that at all. No. and It's, it's just, just unfair. And it's like, in hindsight, watching the season, it's like, she, it makes sense that she's not on the season. There's nothing for her on the season. But when they set out to film the season, like, it could have been another Cameron-centric season. No, and honestly, now more than ever, I feel like she would fit in on the show. Leva, Catherine, Madison, and now Cameron are all moms. Like, there's really no reason for her not to be on the show. Right, and Leva was a really close friend of hers, which right. is really weird that they don't speak anymore I thought that Cameron like when I, when I would think about it I would think that Cameron brought Leva onto the show like wanted Leva to be on the show one it's like a great friend for her and like ally to have yeah and Leva contributes a lot to show so now knowing that like Leva being on the show not for not directly not, but now they're not friends because of it yeah or not directly yeah. because of it but they're just she's on the show now and they're not friends like Weird I'm sure timing. the two things have to do with one another um is really weird completely completely agree it's very spooky stuff spooky stuff and then the last thing was patricia and i loved what Catherine said she was Catherine didn't say much on this particular episode i'm sure her time will come but the few things that she did said i just agreed with her she was like why is this older woman just sitting around like bashing this young entrepreneur's business a hundred percent i i was so glad that and what's so crazy and i'm so mad at the girls for defending patricia because it's well like, madison always defends patricia yeah, but she could have kept her mouth shut. She yeah. really could have. Because what Craig said was not a lie. Like, Craig has always been nice and respectful towards Patricia. Always. Patricia watched him on HSN and was being rude, talking shit, and turns out saying some lies, saying her pillows are luxury and his are affordable. When hers are $20 and, and his are 58 he said was the prices of theirs and that she is no longer on HSN. He just he chose to speak one language and he chose facts. And and I appreciate it. And so for the girls that be like, that's not fair. And it's like, 
No, no, the Patricia, facts are fair. Patricia was speaking like with judgment in her voice. Patricia started it. Craig was sharing facts. So like I was really disappointed in Madison, obviously, for defending her. And Leva too. Yeah. And I feel like Patricia has contributed to so much of this like Injustice. boys club culture on the show. Like keeping the status quo as it is for years, putting down Catherine and then only turning around when like she realized well, when the whole that, world that did. no one was on her side. And so to see the women defend her. When, like, finally people are realizing what she's all about was really irksome. I completely agree. There's so much injustice in this franchise. Like, and it's definitely better, but it's not even close to, like, where it needs to be. Yeah. I agree. Whew. I got very heated there for a minute. I apologize. I always get heated when it comes to Patricia. Yeah. I mean, me too. I'm literally, like dying on this hill from season one. I just, that it's weird that she hangs out with these people. And that she's so mean and just picks and chooses in unjust um so that's our southern charm and like sure she's fabulous but at what cost Uh, i agree i mean austin said it best like it's very sad like has it has patricia never been in love it's always been about money oh my god Austin, that was a shady fucking yeah so anyways i thought the reunion was so good and there were also like moments where i was genuinely smiling me too and they all looked all the women looked stunning leva looked so beautiful Oh my God, yes. Catherine's new look is fabulous. Mm-hmm. I mean, Madison and her um, revenge bod were just like doing the most. <laughs> when Craig was like, I mean, Leva's kids and Austin kids like could be models. And <laughs> Catherine's like, what about my kids? No, so funny, but also like that. They're, that's what I love about the show. Like they're actually friends. And, yeah. Like, they have really good senses of humor and, and that's what makes the show go round. Also, the fact that like the men are all growing out their hair was just like an interesting choice. I did not enjoy it. When they flashbacked to like Shep being a dick to Madison like two seasons ago, he looked so much more handsome. I'm like, you've got to cut your hair. I know. It was like really jarring. Yeah, they're like getting old and like getting comfortable. No, I think Craig's hair, he, I think he flat ironed it. Like it was so, <laughs> it was very like, you know, emo. Justin like, Bieber. Like curtain bangs. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Strange. Side bangs. Yeah. But that's the thing about, like, I'm sure he's just going to cut it for next season. So yeah. it's not really a big deal. I think that would be best. Yeah. Um, that's the Southern Charm recap. We're really excited for this Maury Povich interview. Enjoy it. Relish in it. Take Maury's wide, wise words of wisdom. Take them to heart. And just don't take it for granted. And have a great weekend after because you want to hear from us after Maury. Love you guys so much. Have a great day. If you're watching on YouTube, Maury is on the podcast app. So head yes. over there. Head over and there. we love you. Bye. Have a great weekend. Welcome back to The Morning Toast. We are thrilled, excited, and humbled to be joined by a very iconic fellow host, Mr. Maury Povich. Hello, Maury. Welcome to The Morning Toast. Claudia, Jackie, nice to be with you. Nice to see you. Thank you. Heard a lot about you. Oh, wow. Wow. We've been admirers for a very long time. This is a very exciting interview for us as fellow hosts. We have so much admiration for you, and you being the longest-running TV host is no small feat. No, you're going into your 23rd season. Isn't that right? 23rd season on this show, yeah, The Mari Show. There were seven before that on a show called The Mari Povich Show, but it was well before you were born. <laughs> well, you know, my first memory of Maury was uh, whenever I was homesick from school, it was always Maury because you were on when we were at school. And I just have so many fond memories of watching the show as a kid. And now growing up, I've actually been to your studio. I wanted to go to a taping, but you weren't taping. And I went to Jerry Springer, but I got myself a Maury hat that says, you are not the father. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, by, by the way, uh, I'm, I'm glad uh, 
that you you did that when you when you were homesick. Uh, I, I know a lot of people over the years who used to tell me that they kind of played sick in order to stay home. Oh, 100%. yeah. Those are the best days. <laughs> <laughs> so you have become, you know, iconic for your show, especially for your taglines and the way you deliver DNA test results. And I'm curious. I'm a big fan of catchphrases. I'm curious. How does one deliver the perfect paternity result? Well, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I think there has to be uh, a huge amount of reality when, when it comes to something like that. And quite frankly, it happened right in the beginning when we did our first paternity test show and my producer would brief me. I had read all the story and everything. And as the producer's briefing me before we go on, I, she says, and, and so therefore the result. And I said, you know, I, I don't want to know the result because if I knew the result, then I would, knew more, I would know more than my guests would know. I would know more than our live audience would know and my viewers at home. And because of that, you know, I might skew the questions. Uh, so I didn't want to know anything more than what anyone else knew. So then when I opened the envelope, whether it be lie detector or DNA, I would be as surprised as anybody would be. So that's why you are the father. You are not the father. I mean, those phrases came about because of my own actual surprise. Yeah. That's a fascinating piece of Maury history. And I just think every time you deliver it, it really just hits home. You're, there's been so many wild things to have happened on the show. And like we said, we're going into your 23rd season. Is there a moment, an episode that stands out to you as like the craziest? Well, yeah, I, when it comes to DNA, there definitely was. And I can also talk about uh, a lie detector episode. But in far, as far as the DNA, there was a woman who came on. And she was accusing a guy of a guy, she accusing a guy of being the father of her twins. And I opened up the result, and it turns out that he was the father of one. No. What? <laughs> That's so crazy. I turned to my staff and I said, What is all this? And they said, with fraternal twins, if a woman is somewhat active over a certain period of time, she could be with two fathers because they're two separate eggs and, and two sperms different sperm. And uh, you, that's what you get. And uh, some doctors told me that it was a million to one shot. Wow. And it came on, it came on our show, came to be on our show twice. So we've had two of those occasions. That that's is a crazy. medical marvel. I have a question for you. As the king of DNA results, how do you feel about 23andMe and the people having access to all of these different programs that give them so much genetic information? Well, it's fine. Uh, you know, I can't go back as far as 23andMe and all the Ancestry uh, apps that, that are out there now. But when it comes to uh, whether you're the father of a child or not, uh, I can tell you this. I've had a lot of people on who've taken those home DNA tests and they didn't believe them. And they won't believe them until they come on my show. Until Maury tells you if you're the father. Exactly. Maury, <laughs> what do you think is the Maury show's annual budget on paternity and lie detector tests? Well, it must be I mean, huge. It's, it's significant because uh, with lie detector tests, of course, we have to have a professional. We had Ralph for years. He's been our lie detector guy. And uh, he used to come on the show. But, but the, the paternity test, one of the reasons why they come on the show is they're very expensive. 
they're, they're into four figures. I mean, it's not, uh, I mean, they're at least a thousand dollars to get a, to get a real DNA test. So, uh, that's one of the reasons why a lot of our guests can't afford it and, and come on the show to find out. Yeah, that is so interesting. And what is the actual process for guests to come on your show? Like, how do you find these situations? Do they come to you? Uh, well, we we don't advertise, but we say on the show, if you are in need of a test, you can call this number and then our production teams get back to you and they go over their entire story. And if it's a legitimate story, uh, then we bring them to Stanford, Connecticut, where we uh, where we take the show this year. Of course, it's completely different because of COVID. So we don't have it. We don't have many, many live guests. We have some, but not many. And uh, we do it virtually. And and it's worked out pretty well. In fact, the stories become so much more intimate because you don't have the reaction of right. my live audience. So it's just me and the guests. And it's, it's more of an intimate feeling, but, but it's turned out pretty well this year. And so this year you're also doing a segment where you're bringing back guests who have been on the show maybe 20 years ago. What has that been like? Well, you know, in a, in a strange way, uh, Claudia, it's, it's one of these things where it almost makes me tell all the critics over the years who felt that I was exploiting this particular theme of DNA mm -hmm. that on many, many occasions, maybe as many as a majority of occasions, if I prove that he's the father of a child, that, that fellow will get involved in that child's life. So that child with two parents co-parenting has a better chance at a future than if there was only one parent. And because we can bring them back 15 years and 20 years later, how about this? We find out how the child grew up. Did, did the father get into their lives? Did they go to school? Did they graduate school? Did they go to college? Uh, do they have a job? How did their life turn out? Uh, life turn out. So uh, with, with, to me, I'm very gratified by that. And it also says to me, we're doing the right thing when it comes to the DNA testing. Right. And it's yeah. like a full circle moment for you to see it all. It's great. I mean, the only thing I don't like about it is the fact that uh, I look so much younger back then. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel that. Well, like you said, it's been 23 seasons. You've had enormous success. Why do you keep doing it? You know, you could call it a day. You are now officially the longest running daytime host on television in history. So you did that. You could just go home. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, uh, NBC, which owns my show, uh, they keep asking me to come back and, and do these long-term deals. And, uh, you know, I feel good. Uh, I, I think the show still works. We still have a large audience. Uh, in fact, I think of the daytime audiences, we probably have the youngest average audience of any daytime talk show. We've had that for many, many years. Uh, ever since, for instance, that Oprah... Uh, left the scene. You know, it's very interesting. When I started, I didn't know how long I would be doing talk shows. But the researchers told me recently that uh, since I started talk shows in 1991, that's, you know, almost 30 years, uh, that there are 75 talk shows in the graveyard. Wow. And so uh, 
you know, I kind of feel honored that I'm still on. Yeah, well, that's something that we talk a lot about on our show. There are a lot of different daytime talk shows, some that are super successful, and there's very many that we talk about one season and then we never talk about again. What do you think is the secret sauce to being a successful daytime talk show host? Well, you know, I I learned a long time ago, and and maybe you can understand this with what you're doing. it's, It's like an election. You have to campaign for viewers. You have to get out there and you have to show yourself. First of all, you have to show your your vulnerabilities. You show you have to show yourself that you can make a connection with an audience. And it's like knocking on a door, asking them to open the door, invite you in, be part of their family and make a connection. And I think because just through instinct, Lord knows I, I have not led the lives that a lot of our guests have led. I didn't. I don't have those experiences, but at the same time, there's a there's a human quality about the connection between my my guests and my myself and my audience. And I think that's that's really how it's worked for me over the. I've always believed it, it's it's always it's it's a never ending campaign to be invited into people's homes. Yeah. That's very very well said. Yeah. Well, you are an icon. You're doing the most, and you're just, you know, killing it, as always. Uh, when you are back in uh, studio with guests, Jackie and I would love to come to a taping. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Because I did, I have been to uh, Jerry Springer, and it was fabulous, but I need to come to a Maury, a Maury oh, show. No, you, when we go back to live audiences, I Front mean, row. it is a treat. <laughs> Front row, me and Jackie cheering you on. Thanks so much. It's Congratulations good to talk to you, Jackie. Good to talk on to you, everything. Thank you so much for being here. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and we will be back tomorrow.